Welcome to another episode of Indiana Politics. I'm Deb Chubb, and we are really excited to uh, have Paul Kendrick join us today, uh, the executive director for Rust Belt Rising, a terrific um, political assistance group for Democratic candidates in six Midwestern states. So uh, in my, I just want to give a little background in my experience last year when I started that group, 25 Women for 2020, and was trying to recruit women and help them get elected to the state legislature, I was desperately searching around the country for other organizations who might help us, uh, who might help Indiana overall. And there were really very few. Um, and so I was really excited to come across Rust Belt Rising. So um, Paul, so tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us about Rust Belt Rising. So Rust Belt Rising is working to help Democrats be the party of all working people and, and really win in places in our Midwest region where, um, you know, we've seen some trending away from us and, 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 and you know, the 2016 election obviously was, was a, a, a traumatic uh, thing that was the impetus for the creation of Rust Belt Rising. And we train candidates and work with state and local um, and all levels of, of candidates and campaigns, but also local activists uh, on how we are best connecting with, with working families, winning seats, and creating thriving communities, really addressing um, the, the foundational economic issues that we want to make sure that we are leading on so people really know what Democrats are for and what we will do for your family, how we are better for people's bottom lines. And so we uh, have now a great network of about 400 leaders across Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Ohio, Illinois, and as we are talking about today, Indiana. Um, and, uh, and, and so, you know, some of these are, are folks who have, have run, um, some are people that have worked on the campaigns or with candidates or, or just very active local leaders in their community, but we're, we're all trying to learn from each other and, and, and the relevant presenters that we provide in Zoom sessions. Um, um, yeah, that someone in Ohio can learn from someone in Indiana and someone in Michigan can learn from someone in Pennsylvania. And uh, we provide messaging uh, to uh, our members um, and, it's, and everything we do is free, um, but, uh, but we, we give people ways to talk about these different issues. And, um, and we have done polling in the past to help us have a really acute understanding of people's economic challenges and priorities. And we um, have also, we ran a, a virtual voter registration program in the fall that, that helped register over 40,000 voters in the Midwest. So that was something we're really proud about uh, during that kind of all hands on deck moment. But our, but our core piece is, is the training. And so we have uh, new courses and individual sessions uh, this year um, so that again, people can be part of this community of other change makers um, and, and bring things to your work in your community that will make you more effective in what we're all trying to do in creating positive change and helping Democrats win and, and ultimately helping um, you know parts of our region that we want to accelerate economic growth and to make sure families have all that they need to succeed. That's great. I was uh, I was able to join your your group and uh, had really got to enjoy some of the terrific training that you did. Everything from candidates, you know, making uh, videos uh, to you know talking points to reaching out to rural voters. Uh, really great, great speakers and great training. And um, 
you, I think last year had about, you were working with about 165-ish candidates. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. It ended up being 163 that were on the ballot. Um, And so um, we're really proud of some candidates that were able to win um, over these, you know, the 18 and 20 cycle. We've helped uh, 44 races that we've uh, that are the candidate we've worked with has won. Um, and then there's a lot of candidates that uh, did not win, um, but we're really proud, just as proud of them because what we found was they averaged an, a 4,000 vote increase from their 2016 candidate. And we had 23 candidates ran in districts where Democrats didn't even field a candidate in 16 and they earned half a million votes. And, and each vote is is hard work you know someone you you know you reached out to persuaded or turned out um so so we're really proud of the impact that people are having and 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 we think there are a lot of and this is what i'm sure we're talking about today you know but i think there are lessons from um you know races that we couldn't quite win this time but we might be able to in the future and and ones that we did um but uh but yeah but certainly these candidates we're going to keep working with them because we really believe this is this is change that takes a few election cycles. And so, um, you know, it's uh, it's a family and once you're in it, we're, we're not gonna let you go. We wanna keep helping these leaders develop and we wanna keep helping those who, you know, maybe are like a local party leader or something who might not be the one running, but cycle after cycle is gonna be the one helping people run. And so we wanna keep working with our, with our whole network, whether you're a candidate or whether you're someone who helps campaigns. That's great. And so, um, you know, we had that experience in Indiana, too. Um, uh, We had terrific, outstanding candidates. And like you said, um, you know, most of them didn't win. But many of the ones that I worked with, um, these outstanding women Democrats, were uh, first-time candidates. And now they are quite seasoned or, you know, they are organized. They know what they're doing. um, And they are ready to go. So, um, so even though they didn't win, they are really yeah. way far ahead of where they started. Yeah. Um, but I want to talk about the 2020 election results and see if we can do some comparison among the states. So yeah. um, in Indiana, and I will say in the 27 races um, where I was working uh, with mm-hmm. Democratic women, uh, they increased the Democratic votes by almost 100,000 in those uh, 27 wow. Indiana districts. Um, unfortunately, the Republican vote in those yeah. same districts cumulatively yeah. increased by about 150,000. So, which to me was just yeah. unbelievable. I mean, that just that just yeah. so shocked me. The Republican yeah. um, turnout was just insane. So, yeah. uh, and that was kind of the story amongst you know all of the at least state level races and pretty much the congressional races uh, mm-hmm. in Indiana. So, how does that compare with the other states you worked with? I mean. Tell us we're not yeah. alone. Tell us it's not just us. <laughs> yeah, and it was such a, uh, a a joy and an honor to work with some of those same candidates you were working with. In part, thanks to you of uh, you know letting them know about uh, what we did, and and so uh, I just think, wow, what a phenomenal group of women that uh, you've recruited and are supporting their leadership development. And I'm so excited for their futures. Uh, and again, and that is. Comp- 
completely inclusive of those who may not have won because I think they're, they are going to be finding different ways to make change and they are going to uh, be in elected office sooner or later, whether it's local or, or state level or, um, but, but they're just an awesome group. And so I've loved, um, loved getting to know uh, the ones that I got to work with as well and, and that participated in our sessions. And so, um, but to your question, well, we did find it. So, so across the region, there was this surge in kind of sporadic white working class and rural white voters and um, that really came out for Trump. And, and so the, the Trump dynamic is interesting where uh, you know, Trump was pretty bad for Republicans in suburbs where in 18 and 20, in like places like Michigan and Wisconsin, you know, Oakland County, Waukesha County, Kalamazoo County, um, you know, Democrats made a lot of inroads um, with uh, those suburban, um, you know, and, and, and a lot of these suburbs are really diverse now, uh, but, but, you know, particularly the like college educated white uh, and women in particular, you know, going, you know, really against Trump voting for Democrats. And so uh, we made a lot of progress there in the Trump era, but, um, but then Trump had significant appeal in rural areas, um, you know, and particularly more so in Indiana and Ohio suburbs than in which, uh, Pennsylvania, you know, like a Montgomery County or, you know, or in, in uh, Wisconsin, Michigan. And so, um, you know, so, so there's a lot of unknowns in the future, like will those same voters keep coming out for other uh, Republicans or was it, you know, a surge more about, you know, Trump's appeal to them? Um, and we don't know that, but also the future is, is, is um, you know, we can shape the future too in, in that, you know, finding uh, effective persuasion um, of these voters and, and obviously making sure, particularly in a midterm when we all, the White House and making sure that we're turning out our, our supporters and our base um, and voters of color and, and, and um, you know, young people. And, and so, um, and having a message that resonates across all the voters we need to win. But, um, you know, I, 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 we did find overall that our candidates increased the Democratic share of the vote more than the Republicans increased the Republican share of the vote. So that might not have been true in Indiana, but across our six states, it, it was true that, um, but the problem was Republicans were starting at a higher baseline. So our Democratic candidate might have made this jump from, you know, in 16, the person was at 40% and they got up to like 45%. Um, but you know, the, the, the Republic, or, or they just got more votes. Um, they got, you know, you know, 4,000 more votes and the Republican may have only gotten, you know, 1,000 more votes because it was just a super high turnout election. Everyone had a feeling about Donald Trump, whether it was positive or negative. Um, but the, the, the Republican only got a little more. So, so our, you know, our candidate outworked the Republicans, no doubt, and, and, and was really effective and was closing the gap and we keep closing the gap, but they had that higher baseline. Then they added some more voters um, and, you know, and so we could reach them in districts where I would have guessed that the, the number of votes our candidate got, I, you know, looked like a win number in four years ago, but it wasn't a win number this time. And so that's, you know, so every election's different and you have these different dynamics and it's all really interesting, but I, um, and maybe we can talk more about it, but I, but I think there, there are some lessons for um, what this means for the future, but I think, I think that was the dynamic, but I think, you know, again, it's, um, 
you know, that we just have to look at what is persuasive to voters. And, um, you know, and, and I think we saw in the Georgia runoff, people didn't come out uh, uh, on the Republican side without Trump on the ballot. So I, so I don't think we should by any means be giving up because, um, you know, I, I just think he has a, a real, um, it's hard for me to understand, but he does have an appeal to certain voters uh, that, um, you know, other Republicans uh, may not, but we cannot, uh, you know, um, just uh, be complacent in, in imagining um, that will necessarily be true. We have to really make that true in, in helping voters understand that we are better for their pocketbook, for their family um, than, than, you know, our opponents who really have no plan at all. You're right. That is, that is the question is what will be the impact of Trump not being on the ballot in 2022? You know, yeah. will that, you know, reduce the turnout among Republicans. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, that's the hope, I suppose. Um, yeah. So, so and that did happen in Indiana, too. We did have a few districts where the Democrat did increase the uh, their vote totals um, at a higher rate than Republicans mm -hmm. did, but still yeah. not quite enough. So, yeah. but for the most part, what was, I mean, it was shocking to me was that if you looked at the percentages, they were like identical to, you know, to the last race. I mean, yeah. because they yeah. both, you know, increased their votes by the same amount. And so mm. the resulting um, percentage going to Democrats versus Republicans was the same as the last election. So that <laughs> was really frustrating. Yeah. So, um, so um, the question, I mean, people talk all the time, you know, about messaging. Um, and we also are talking about, and, we, and I know you talk about that a lot, and I think we can always yeah. rely on you to work on that issue and provide oh, great um, analysis on messaging for different constituencies um, yeah. throughout the state. Um, but one of the, you know, of course, the big lesson from the, you know, Stacey Abrams playbook yeah. was really the grassroots efforts and yeah. the coalition building of those. So we're yeah. seeing in Indiana um, this dynamic, um, and it has been going on for some years where there's the Democratic Party and um, and there are other Democrats in the county who cannot get along with the Democratic Party for one mm. reason or another and start another Democratic club. And then uh, somehow then there's another Democratic club. So we have all of these fragmented Democratic clubs uh, within mm. the counties. And so, um, uh, so we have to deal with that. And then yeah. on top of that, now this year, we're seeing in Indiana just a you know complete blossoming of other uh, progressive or democratic groups. Some who are nonpartisan, who are just going to be doing voter registration. Mm -hmm. Some who are um, partisan and are looking for candidates and are trying to support progressive candidates, etc. So mm -hmm. um, more than when I did this in 2019 and 2020. Okay. So I wonder if you're seeing that sort of dynamic happening in other states. And, mm. um, and if you've considered, um, you know, kind of adding to your curriculum, this, uh, the skill of trying to create coalitions, um, yeah. you know, that's what Stacey Abrams really, um, you know, stressed was that, you know, you have to mm -hmm. let everybody play, but there has to be a coalition um, so that yeah. people are not duplicating efforts and, um, and missing uh, other important activities. What do you think about that project? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I think it's fantastic. And I, and I think, yeah, that, that Georgia lesson of, um, 
yeah, organizing takes time and, um, and it's, you know, it's, it's okay to understand that things don't always happen in one cycle, but if we are, you know, I think ultimately what we have to do, and, and I think we can learn the lesson from Wisconsin as well, when you look at how grassroots action oriented the democratic party of Wisconsin is, um, that, uh, yeah, we have to make our kind of state and local parties just very inclusive, very about not, you know, it can't be a club of people that are just happy of that. Okay. It's just, you know, my friends and I, it's just our, um, you know, it's just kind of our, our group as, as us, you know, super involved insiders and people, you know, it's, it's not that they're like trying to keep people out, but, but are you intentionally working to bring people in and having an orientation of, of just kind of seeking people out, welcoming, wanting them and, and activating people around. And, you know, and maybe it's about, you know, it's about things that, that really motivate us. Like, you know, it could be about yeah fighting for funding in schools or it could be about, you know, advocating and redistricting to make sure communities aren't left out, you know, and, and, and voting uh, rights. And it could be about, you know, fighting for, you know, increasing the minimum wage and, and better wages, but, but, you know, taking action around issues that are galvanizing, talking to voters, um, reaching people, building our lists so we can have ongoing conversations of, of those we've talked to. Um, yeah. And then, and, and building coalitions, with, with those issues that, um, yeah, so that, you know, these three different groups can work together on an action and also work with, you know, that environmental group and the, the, the women's rights group and the, the teachers union and, the, you know, and, and, and just like the different um, entities that can be a coalition uh, that we're taking action together on, because that's what you want, you know, action builds momentum and, and we don't want to just kind of, yeah, kind of kind of do nothing and, and, you know, and then we feel decay, but, uh, but are we really building uh, in our taking action? Are we building bonds between people? Are we letting them know they're important? Are we giving them roles that they can, you know, feel proud to own? Um, uh, you know, are we, um, yeah, just kind of like building the, 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 the social uh, piece of working together and taking action. And so I, I you know, I think that's what, you know, it's just at, at the heart of organizing. And, and, um, and so, yeah, you, so it's good that things are popping. I mean, that's great to hear that things are popping up and yeah. So it's, yeah. Can we, can we work together to be strategic to not to reinvent the wheel to have good, um, you know, theories of change of how we're, 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 we're working to reach folks and, and, and bring them along in a community. Um, and, um, but I do think there's some healthy soul searching going on in different like local and state parties of, um, yeah, how, how how we can learn from Georgia, you know, and how we can be um, as, as grassroots oriented as possible to really reach voters. And I think that's really necessary. We can't just rely on the same playbook. And God bless the people that have been doing this work year after year. I mean, it, it's not easy. I mean, and and you know that that person that in the county party that you know is finding people to run for every office, and you know is um, you know just doing all the things that go. I mean, it's really unheralded hard work. And so God bless them for doing it. Um, but yeah, we just want to make sure you know so much popped up in the last four years of the indivisible groups and the swing lefts and yep. uh, you know and, and and different things and you know how do we bring that activist energy into what we do as democrats um and right. and it's okay if in some groups want to be in an indivisible group and some group wants to be a democratic party group, like that's fine too but you know but can we find ways to work together and uh you know ultimately be pushing towards the same thing right i mean because the other side of that question you know about what will happen uh, with Trump not on the ballot 
is, yeah. you know, will that, you know, I mean, maybe it will reduce the number of uh, Republican voters that turn out. But what if it also reduces the number of Democratic voters yeah. who turn out? That's you know, I mean, worrisome. Trump being yeah. on the ballot is really a double-edged sword. No question um, so, about it. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think it's really just going to be so important to help uh, yeah. states um, develop these coalitions of all these, you know, you know, not totally disparate, but quite yeah. individual um, and unique um, organizations so that we are all working toward the same goal. Absolutely. And, and organizing across our communities and, and you know, listening to, um, yeah, you know, Black and Latino-led organizations. How can we serve? How can we help? How can we um, support and, and be an ally? How can we work together? You know, really building diverse coalitions. And, um, and then I, but I think, uh, but you're, you're right about the, the fear that I think a lot of us have, um, in, you know, seeing what happened in the Obama era of like, yeah, we thought, okay, we got the White House, Whew, got the bad guy out. Okay, things are under control. We got, you know, good people are in charge in DC. I can focus on other things. And, and so it is important as leaders that we, um, yeah, really push ourselves to so, and I know same I'm, level in, involvement and, and oh, keep sorry. working hard. No, to just avoid complacency. And, um, you know, because if, if we are, we're, we'll have a absolutely brutal 2022 if we're just not doing anything. Um, so so that this is a challenge for all of us. And we have to uh, keep giving money. We have to keep getting people to give money to these guys. We have to keep taking the actions, bringing people together, give them things to do, things that, you know, li li you know and, and listen to the ideas and create actions to that are important to take together to advance our priorities, to get things done. So we have something to talk about. So we show we're not just about hating Donald Trump, but we're really about delivering change. And, and, um, uh, and, you know, we're, we're, we're fighting bad things that are happening in a, you know, a state legislature like uh, Indiana's. And um, so, yeah, we just, we gotta, we gotta keep up the, the work uh, or, you know, we'll, we'll just have a really, really hard midterm. So uh, in Indiana, um, and I'm not sure if you follow like the legislation and all of the states that you're working in, but Indiana's just gone right around the bend, um, yeah. you know, with the legislation that's being proposed. You know, we have a supermajority here, and so the legislation is just it's just eye-poppingly bizarre and um, and you know hypocritical and inconsistent. Yeah. And uh, here's an example: um, the uh, Indiana legislature is is pushing a bill to. Uh, get rid of uh, the requirement to have a permit to carry a gun. So, so you know, police won't know if, you know, if you have that gun legally or not, um, because you're not required to have a, you wouldn't be required to have a permit. And at the same time, they are removing the authority of Indianapolis, the big urban area in Indiana, um, uh, to address issues uh, that create poverty and frankly, desperation that leads to gun violence. Um, so, so, they're like kind of, you know, knocking Indiana, Indianapolis off at the knees if their ability to address mm. issues. Um, and they also are introducing a bill to create a task force to address the excessive gun violence in Indianapolis. And I mean, just none of it makes any sense at all. Yeah. And it is just so bizarre and alarming. So my question is, is this happening in other states too? And will it Ultimately, because I know there are states that even though um, uh, they voted uh, for Biden in the presidential election, still down ballot races went to uh, a majority of Republicans. Um, in Indiana, yeah, yeah. of course, the presidential race went to Trump. 
and the down ballot, uh, down ballot races went to uh, Republicans. So is that happening in other states? And, um, and are we seeing just, you know, this kind of crazy legislation in, in uh, Republican legislatures? Well, we are, but luckily in the other five states, we have uh, a Democratic governor to, to to stop this stuff. And it's just unfortunate in Indiana. Well, I'm sorry, not in Ohio. Um, but um, but in, in four of our, our six states, we have a Democratic governor who, who, in all cases, we really need to protect or, you know, or hold in Pennsylvania's case uh, in the midterm. Because, yeah, the, the legislatures are introducing the same terrible stuff, um, you know. Um, stuff, you know, attacking transgender people and scapegoating them or, um, you know, like, you know, about like cancel culture, like these like culture war things, like, you know, and, and, um, you know, and, and, and really repressive voting, voting measures to attack voting rights. Um, And uh, so, uh, yeah, we're we're seeing it, but yeah, we have to hold these these governorships in in these states, and uh, and obviously win more win more seats to get more done. But I think you know if if you know Republicans are clearly defining themselves as kind of the, um, you know party that is more focused on all these other things that, that I do think really creates an opening for help us to help people understand that we are the party for of good jobs and good wages, and it's frustrating that. Um, that hasn't gotten through uh, to, to, you know, a lot of people that, and and so I think, um, you know, we just have to do more uh, there to really communicate that, lift up messengers who, who show it and, um, and really be focused on, you know, things like wages and, and good jobs and, and, and funding education and, you know, clean water and, and uh, make sure people have the healthcare prescription drugs they need, protecting retirement. Like these are, you know, issues of what it means to be Democrat and Republicans just aren't even engaging on these issues. So uh, I do think, um, I, I know it's hard and I know they're winning a lot of votes um, on their side through things like guns, but um, but I do think, you know, we have to, and, you know, uh, um, strike a, a balance of making sure we're standing up, uh, you know, against terrible things that they're doing and, and, you know, fighting for our values, but really making sure we're not having this whole political debate on, on their terms, on the issues they want to talk about. And that how about, how about we talk about, you know, raising people's wages and, and make them um, have to uh, explain why they're against doing that, uh, which, which they are. And, um, but, you know, the Democrats, because, you know, we want to make sure people are healthy and safe. You know, we got this, perceptions this like lockdown party and things and it's just you know it's really unfair but again we know the republicans don't play fair and um you know we have to be able to really say what we're for and um that i think is it really just is better uh, for families it is all right well we're running out of time so i want to give you a moment just to uh, tell yeah. people how they can find rust belt rising and how they can join yeah um what and, and I want to say one thing before I do. A key lesson I took from places where our candidate won, where you know the trends were challenging otherwise, is those people that have been involved for a while. So I just really urge people to keep up what you're doing because um, you know we're, we're going to work on trying to change this democratic brand perception problem. Um, but the best way to transcend it is being someone who is known. Uh, 
for just being yourself and your connection to local issues and, and a deep, you know, uh, connection to the community and talking about the, the issues locally in your community, you know, that's where we saw uh, people being able to defy that. Um, and then, and then certainly um, like with a, you know, a strong economic focus and, um, you know, the local strengths and how we create jobs with that. So uh, I just really urge people to keep, Keep doing what you're doing. Keep stay involved, um, and then to 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 benefit from what we're doing because we want to help you. Um, if you go to rustbeltrising.com, you'll see a sign up. Um, either if you want to sign up to be one of our leaders and, and get all of our resources and invites to our sessions, um, you can do that there, or just generally sign up for the listserv if you want to just get some emails first see, and see what we're uh, see what we're doing overall. Um, but um, but but I urge people to go ahead, you know, sign up to be one of our leaders. You don't have to <laughs> attend every Zoom, but but you'll know what the sessions are and when they're of interest. We want you to join. Um, you'll get our past messaging, polling, um, uh, and my. And, you know, our assistance to you uh, in your own individual uh, work strategically. And um, yeah, and, and most of all, getting to benefit from, from all these other folks who are uh, working on the same things you are. So go sign up on rustbeltrising.com. Follow us on Twitter uh, at RBR Training. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, um, but, uh, but, but uh, we, we want to help you win. That's great. All right. Well, thank you so much. I just, I love your positive energy. You're, you're, oh, you're really great. You. It's hard, you know, being this, uh, in, you know, these states and, you know, yeah. demoralizing <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> but so it's really great to, to hear your positive energy going forward. Right. And, um, and we look forward to working with you again. So, all, all right. right. So Can't wait. Thank again. you for all you're doing in Indiana. All right. You're welcome. All right.